Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831 that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Let's make some mayhem. Shoot and loot your way through a mayhem-fueled adventure in Borderlands 3. Blast through new worlds and enemies as one of four new playable Vault Hunters, each with deep skill trees, abilities, and customization. Play solo or with your friends to take on insane enemies, score loads of loot, and save the galaxy from a fanatical threat. Mayhem is coming September 13th on PC, Xbox One, and PS4. Pre-order now at Borderlands.com. Rated M for Mature. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa Know How. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Welcome to Giant Size Heroes here on Thursday the 12th. This is Giant Size Heroes number 19. And it is a week of glory. There is good news. There is bad news. There is potato news. Hello, dear listener. <laughs> 
We are excited. Uh, Did yeah. you see that thing I posted on my Instagram? Like, there's a photo of me with, like, sli- like uh, different lighting, and a bunch of people wrote Koi Crimes, and I was like, yes, giant-sized listeners. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, they're, they're coming. I love hearing from you guys. It's, like, my favorite, because like, when we're in here, we feel like we're yelling at the void, so the more you tweet us, the more we feel like this is Wait, real. Wait, other people can hear us? I only recently discovered it, and it, <laughs> honestly, it makes our conversations feel a little less private. I'm a little worried about it. Oh, we came in a room? <laughs> Uh, so hello, dear listeners. Uh, we're going to talk about first the new Birds of Prey teaser, which is playing in front of It Chapter 2. Many of you tweeted at us asking what we thought of it, and uh, it is very short and it's very themed. And first of all, we should say that it is not officially out yet. Uh, so versions of it have been making their way online. I am excited for them to officially release something for something. this movie. Please let me get it. Like, I'm, you, I mean, they already have my money, so I guess they don't have to worry. But uh, I, I thought it was cute. It was cute. It was more. It was more it themed than Birds of Prey themed because like it's thirty seconds and ten seconds of it is it. So I see why it's not. But I was very excited to see our first glimpses at uh, like their Gotham. Our first glimpses at what like the world around them. There's not costume test shots. You that's know what fair. I mean? And seeing you McGregor like maniacally Makes it feel real. Yeah. Okay. I take it back. It was cool. <laughs> uh, but go see it. Chapter two to check it out or. Um, Find a foreign bootleg. And this is our plea. Send us Birds of Prey stuff. Thank you. Yes. Like, first, you've accomplished the weird miracle of making me excited about this movie, which clearly has nothing to do with the Birds of Prey. Like, (laughs) you did that. You you got it done. Uh, I am in line for it, and I'm excited. Uh, So give us stuff. Give us stuff. Warner Brothers, if you're listening, the entity that is Warner Brothers, will debut anything you want. We'd like to see (laughs) stuff. We're available. Okay, here we are. Now, we also this week uh, found out the unfortunate news that the door is officially closed on Marvel's Spider-Man. Um, there was for a, now. For now. Which, which is, is, like, what does that mean? What is it? I'm it means stop being, asking me. I'm tired of being asked. We promise to tell you if there's anything to tell you. And the, the, the actual public statement was kind of harsh. Read this uh, in, Coy. Read it into the record. Quote, we had a great run with Kevin Feige, or in parentheses, we had a great run with Kevin on Spider-Man movies. We tried to see if there was a way to work it out. The Marvel people are terrific people. We have a great respect for them. But on the other hand, we have some pretty terrific people of our own. Kevin didn't do all the work. That, to me, feels like Sony reading every bit of hate that's been sent at them being like, but we made Spider-Man too. Uh, so they also went on to say, Spider-Man was fine before the event movies, did better with the event movies, and now that we have our own universe, he will play off the other characters as well. I think we're pretty capable of doing what we have to do here. Um, I've never heard such a sassy uh, official statement. I'm going to not not, not gonna lie. Just like, it was a, these were remarks in conversation at an event, right? Yeah, at the, it wasn't at, like at a variety event. Uh, I mean, he obviously had to know that we were all going to read every word of this and analyze the heck out of it. Yeah. Now, the portion of it that I get here is is a person being like, we're proud of the artists that we're going to partner with to tell this story. You know, I'd be mad if he wasn't taking some level of that stance. Yeah. Like, it's a little weird to be like, Kevin was there, I guess. You know, uh, it's – but his point that, you know, Kevin Feige is a great artist but we hope to do lots more work and he's not the only artist in the world. Right. I don't know if there is a way to say that that's that going to sound feel, gentle. Like, and, and text everything feels different. And yeah. like we're reading it. I haven't heard the audio. I'm just reading someone be like, Kevin's not everything, okay? Uh, and I'm reading it that way because I am also in the sensitivity of not knowing where my Spider-Man's going to land. And yeah. I know that's how I'm interpreting it. I am in the in the defend uh, Spider-Man night might not be the worst off in Sony camp. And, and Amy thinks I'm going through stages of grief. <laughs> well, that's part I, of it. I think that uh, I would like to see a Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland that is full Spider-Man. And I don't know how... 
frankly, I don't know how they're going to have Uncle Ben not exist for a second time because he already doesn't exist because Tony Stark is Uncle Ben. And now their Uncle Ben doesn't exist because Tony Stark's at Marvel. Frankly, who's going to teach him about power and responsibility? I actually – you know what's funny? Uh, I was just thinking today because we we make a lot of assumptions and I'm really <laughs> curious like – if you ask like a 15-year-old hardcore MCU fan mm-hmm. who has grown up with these movies and seen everyone who Aunt May is married to, do they know? That's the thing. Like – Like everybody for years made fun of like endless Spider-Man reboots being like we all don't want to see the Uncle Ben story again. And it's like they probably know. That's a pop culture fact. I feel like it's out there. They probably know. But I don't know. But do they know in reference to this Spider-Man? Because there's also like multiple Spider-Man. Do they know? Like it's a very interesting <laughs> – they're like, Spider-Man's uncle. We saw him die in Into the Spider-Verse. I know exactly who you're talking about. What are you talking about? about? Animated Spider-Man has an uncle. Live-action Spider-Man has an Iron Man. <laughs> I personally, I like my, my Spidey as distant from Iron Man as as can be because I, I don't necessarily love that folding in. So I'm really curious what Spider-Man 3 turns out to be. But I can't deny how incredibly Disney built their Spider-Man. So this is will, bittersweet. There's certainly a little bit of revisionist history going on in the Sony statement about Spider-Man being just fine before the Marvel thing because he was just fine in the sense that he was a great character with probably a lot of future <laughs> in him, but he was not just fine in terms of launching his own cinematic universe because, as we all know, they had a lot of plans that got scrapped after the lukewarm response to the second Andrew Garfield movie. And so, you know, we all remember that. We were all there. How are those undead spider family doing? <laughs> his parents are back from the dead in a graveyard. What is going on? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, but, but the part of it that's just like, hey, we look forward to partnering with other people to make Spider-Man movies, that seems reasonable to me. I, I agree. And the Russo brothers uh, also had a statement saying that it was always a difficult marriage. Uh, um, they're basically saying, quote, it wasn't uh, it wasn't easy. Kevin Feige went through a lot. There were a lot of ups and downs. And we kept walking into our office and we'd go, look, we've got to do it with Sony and be like, OK, I'll figure it out. And we'll get back <laughs> into this. He was looking for a way out. He wanted to open that door and have us go. We figured it out. We don't need Spider-Man because it's a lot of work to get two major corporations to play nice with each other. And the fact that it happened at all, we should all be dancing and celebrating. And then we got the little bit of time we had. Yeah, honestly. I agree. <laughs> We always felt like it was make-believe. Like, the first year of that, I was like, there's no way. Like, what do you mean they're cooperating? They're just shaking hands? <laughs> That's not Companies don't shake hands. <laughs> there's only violent takeovers or neutral not discussing it. There's never a positive handshake. Uh, so we did have a glorious run. And if you think about it from a positive standpoint, it gave us the foundation of what Tom Holland Spider-Man is always going to be. So no matter what, even if they don't want that Disney stamp on it, the Disney stamp is there because that's Tom Holland Spider-Man. Yeah. So, uh, Plus those movies aren't going anywhere. We can rewatch those five amazing films anytime we want. Uh, who gets five good ones? No, who, no one. who gets that? Because like, if you look at the Batmans, Michael Keaton, George Clooney, Val Kilmer, then Bale. So mm-hmm. four were ups and downs. Have I we mean, had Adam five? West. Adam West. But have we had five good uh, runs of any other hero? Because, like, Hugh Jackman Five good is, outings for something? Hugh Jackman's played Wolverine nine times. Like, Logan, obviously incredible. Dorian is going to come bursting through the wall and be like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> obviously, Clark Gregg has played Coulson beautifully <laughs> more than nine times, going. Uh, but, like, Hugh Jackman with Logan and X2 and Days of Future Past, like, he might be the only other one, but he had to get through yeah, it's not Wolverine a- Origins. It's not a 100% hit rate. Yeah. I you know, because, I mean, movies are hard. And but. 5 for 5 is great. So I'm yeah. saying I'm saying yay. Uh, we also this week got a shot via Instagram of the actual face behind Shazam Superman. Uh, I love that you put this on here. I was – okay. One, stunt people need more love. Yep. Two, this moment bothered me because I never saw his face and it's vexed me for a year. Like I can't 
there was just a, a chest. Yeah. There's got to be a person there. I didn't know. It, these things bothered me. <laughs> it's like the it's like the Schrodinger's cat. Like, I don't know if it's in the box. <laughs> Is it in the box? Tell me what's in the box. That body could have been headless. Sure. Technically. Yeah. It was alive, but I don't know. I mean, well, all we know is that at one point in time it had a head. Yeah. You don't know that that was the same But now, thanks to Instagram, <laughs> I know that this head was attached to that body at that time. And as we all know, images cannot be faked. And no, they cannot, and neither can sound or video. So thank you, Instagram, for giving me the face of Superman Shazam for my own OCD now, needs. Now, this is just my imperfect memory. I believe I remember hearing that it was Zack's stunt double. I, uh, that's what I've heard. Okay. So, Zach, uh, theoretically, this is Zack's stunt double, and... And I think stuntmen need a lot more credit and Oscars. Yeah. Uh, so it's really cool to see this. Uh, the page is La Forte Leza de la Soldad. Uh, I don't speak Spanish, but uh, it is a Spanish language Instagram. Uh, L-A-F-O-R-T-A-L-E-Z-A-D-E-L-A-S-O-L-E-D-A-D if you want to see it for yourself uh, and pronounce it better than me and tweet me what I horribly mispronounced. But that guy, fantastic. Thank you for being Superman and thank you for having a head. Uh, Scarlet Witch. Officially takes place after Civil War. You mean Black Widow? Yep, I wrote down Scarlet Witch. Sure it, did. She insists on being named Scarlet. It's unnecessarily confusing. Very convoluted when I you're didn't typing in a hurry. Even notice when I was reading the notes <laughs> until you said it out loud. When I read the notes, I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. This all tracks because the URL has Scarlet in it. It does. So my brain was so Black Widow. Black takes Widow. place after Civil War. And they're both got colors in the name. It's just unreasonably confusing. Guys, I'm not good at names and, and also colors. And also Scarlett Johansson would have been perfect casting for Scarlet Witch as we know her in the comics, which oh. has messed me up for years. Now that you say that, that might be subconsciously part of the, the always saying it wrong. She would be fantastic. <laughs> She's a great Black Widow, but she'd be a great Scarlet Witch as yeah. well. Damn, that's a good point. Anyway, uh, Civil War, they obviously went and disappeared. At the end of Civil War, they had to go like go into hiding. All of that madness, uh, which also they had to do after Winter Soldier. Scarlet Witch, uh, Black Widow, does a fair amount of hiding. <laughs> uh, so what do you think about this taking place then? And I'm assuming Budapest is all flashbacks. I guess. And, you know, it, uh, so I assume there will be a mix of, of flashback stuff that reveals her past and, like, quote, unquote, present to the time it takes place material. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think it's interesting because I'm, I'm curious whether whether we see any other Avengers since now we know this takes place right during the thick of the modern MCU. Uh, I I'm, I am very curious what this is going to mean. It's post uh, opening her history up to the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's op- obviously post departing like secret team Avengers style. Uh, secret Avengers. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, I don't know. Do you think – how do they take care of the needs of this movie and keep it separate from other ongoing events? That is why I think it takes place while they're on the run because mm-hmm. that would keep them from needing to call Avengers because they can't call Avengers. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a it's a good move to have it isolated by way of necessity. Who's in prison at the end of Civil War? Jeremy Renner, mm-hmm. which is tricky. Just him? No, Ant Man. I should re. Wait, I think it's movie. those two. I think because they talk about in uh, when they they struck deals and and yeah, because yeah. in Infinity War we don't have them because they're in prison. Yeah, Ant Man, Hawkeye. I should have reviewed the end of Civil War as it's, soon as I saw this. Guys, there's a lot of Marvel movies. We love them. There's a lot of them. Uh, I think those two are for sure. Anyway, uh, Black Widow's not in prison. <laughs> and she's on the run after Civil War in her movie, uh, which I assume has flashbacks to her Red Room time to explain her sister and explain all that. I assume has flashbacks to Budapest for Jeremy Renner. Maybe it's the story of them breaking out Renner. Who knows? How did he get out? Oh, he made a, I think he made a, deal, a deal to be with his family. Yeah. Him and Ant-Man. 
both on both on house arrest. Okay, it's all coming back to us, guys. That bit I that bit I remember very clearly, but I thought I remembered like they panned around. There was a lot Falcon of in jail or something. Wow, this is gonna just haunt me. Permanent recorded evidence that neither of us can remember how that movie ends, even it though we love it very, only very much. Five years ago or something, but we've had so much great comic book content. I don't it think is it was just... even five years ago. Was it not? I. All right, this is a mess. <laughs> So, Batman, uh, speaking of having a lot bouncing around your head, Robert Pattinson <laughs> has a lot bouncing around his head. Okay, that's actually a really great segue because y'all don't know this, but Coy had actually put lots going on in Pattinson's head <laughs> as the next item here. Talk about Robert Pattinson while I look this up to uh, fix our freaking shame at not being able to remember the ending of Civil War Can right you just now. take a moment and rewatch Civil War while I ramble at the audience? I mean... Uh, so, comicbook.com has a great article, and the title of it made me laugh because it is just what my subtitle was. Robert Pattinson on Preparing for Batman. Quote, lots of things going on in my head. Also, <laughs> um, don't just Google Civil War ending and think that it's going to hand you things about Avengers because there are actual Civil Wars. Did you this guys, has been a public service did announcement. Did you guys know that historically Civil Wars are as relevant to Google, perhaps more, than the Marvel We movie? are a mess today. I would be frankly oh, mad if it showed me this over the historical Yeah, can you imagine life? if they're like, in the Civil War that matters, Captain America fought Iron Man, nothing else was transpiring. Oh, man. So uh, Robert Pattinson, who is not usually – having to be as candid because he's done a lot of indies since Twilight so he can usually talk about his movies is now having to retrain his brain to go back to full secrecy uh, so he's doing press for uh, it's them breaking out that's how it ends oh that's why we remember them all being in jail and all not being in jail that's the, the ending of Civil both War. is true yes that makes me feel better. Okay. We're getting over whatever's going on with our brains. Guys, it's, it's great. I, I filmed uh, an episode of Comic Book Shopping today, which which you guys will get in a couple weeks that I'm so happy with, but fried my brain. You'll see. <laughs> uh, so we have Robert Pattinson doing press for The Lighthouse, and obviously he has been cast as the goddamn Batman. So everyone's asking about the Batman. And uh, when asked about how he's going to step into the cape and cowl, he said, there's a lot going on in here. Lots of things going on in my head, which I love that this is a headline. It's just really funny to me. The man doesn't know anything. He likely hasn't read much about it yet. He can't really start preparing. Leave Robert Pattinson alone for now. Let him be Batman for a minute before you ask him about Batman. Like, I, I don't... I want like five movies he with this guy. He knows what he signed up for. Oh, I, know. I just... He I, signed up for a lot of questions about Batman. Just the press... The press. We're it's we're us, amongst them. I know. I was about to. When you handle people not as people and just want to ask them about their next project, and not give them time to talk about their current project, it, it bothers me. Okay, that's fair. It's that like integrity and journalism thing, which I will I will use this platform to say, hey, he's promoting the lighthouse. Maybe talk about the lighthouse. I get that. Um, so he's not Batman. Like he's not gotten to be Batman for long enough yet. Let's give him a breather because there's a lot going on in his head. Uh, we also, this week, in the world of a Batman, uh, he is also trying to avoid nicknames, which made me laugh because I love that his name works for so many. R. Bats and Robert Battenson, yeah. all of these things. When uh, asked about it, he's like, uh, no, no, thank you. Apologies to R. Bats because that's going to happen. And Battenson, like, come on. Come on. Since he was rumored, I've been calling him Battenson, and I'm yeah. sorry, but it's real cute. Uh, Although it would probably be weird if he was, like, making T-shirts with his own nickname on them. This is why I can't be a celebrity because I would. Yeah, this is but the that problem. would be that would be the way you would. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it'd be my, different if it were you. My handling of things is me making sure that it's my face on the shirt, being like, "Yeah." Uh, so Robert Pattinson, uh, post Twilight, already done with nicknames. Totally understandable. Uh, now this one I want to let Amy run with because it is near and dear to her heart, and I actually don't know this comic very well. Ah, 
this next piece of news, honestly, uh, just was coming together last second and will, will like should should probably be one of our headline things because a comic book movie that none of us were expecting to pop back up on the radar just popped up in a major, major way because one Margot Robbie has picked up the rights to make another Tank Girl movie. Yeah, and she's perfect. Tank Girl is, of course, the classic independent comic from the late 80s, early 90s, uh, originally black and white. It's out of, I think, Britain, Jamie Hewlett and Alan Martin, I believe. Uh, you know Jamie Hewlett's art because he went on to become the character designer for the gorillas. Um, yeah. That you, You've all seen his stuff. There's a uh, wild, wonderful, anarchic energy to the Tank mm-hmm. Girl comics. They are they are about a particular aesthetic, a particular view on the world, about smashing a lot of rules. Uh, they are delightful and crass and ridiculous, and they take place in like a mutated wasteland with the kangaroo people. Uh, and there was a movie made in the mid '90s, which I still need to see, uh, which is both sort of uh, loved but like cult favorite. We're gonna go cult favorite for the 1995 Tank Girl movie starring Laurie Petty. <laughs> Uh, and we are apparently going to get a new cinematic tank on the tank tank on tank the material. On, uh, 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 hot uh, tanks with Amy <laughs> Dowlin. Hot tanks. Uh, we're going to get a new take on Tank Girl. Uh, Margot Robbie has picked up the rights to produce, and according to the as of the time of this recording, the articles are saying to star depending on script. Otherwise, I guess she'll produce and put somebody else in the part. I don't know. Uh, I think that I, I this is the kind of thing I would definitely I want to see her taking on, and I think that is cool and exciting. And uh, just before we were discovering this, we got a director attachment for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we all have to do our homework because it's someone that I'm not familiar with, Miles Joris Parafeet, uh, who is has just finished directing Roby uh, in Dreamland, a period piece, and had a big Sundance hit just a couple years ago. Um, very young, uh, very like uh, apparently made a nice splash with an artistic film called As You Are or As You Were. Uh, again, this is all just breaking now, and so I haven't had a chance to track that one down and try to see it yet. Um, it's an interesting directorial choice because I'm curious, like, is it just their recent chemistry? Does he have an attachment to or a strong take on this material? Are they going to round this creative team out with maybe – some other folks that might bring different perspectives. That's something that's always going to be on my mind, especially when you pick a character like Tank Girl, who's so important to so many uh, female indie comics fans. Uh, I'm really, really curious about this. What do you think? I think uh, it is a good time for Tank Girl. I think it's going to have like that 90s flavor, which is going to be really popular in the next two years because we've lived in the 80s for five years, so it's time to go back to the 90s because uh, <laughs> I think it's fascinating how pop culture chases that. Uh, so Tank Girl is a great character, and I also love that Margot Robbie seems to be really comfortable living in this comic book space. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes me really happy that she's in love with hardly enough to want to make more movies and in love with comic books enough to go into Tank Girl. Like, it's really cool. It's, um, and it's neat to see just to follow the career of someone who's clearly making, like, bold leadership moves. That, like, cause Margot Robbie in is, and of itself has my attention. She's so incredible. Like, to me, Margot Robbie is one of the best actors working hard stop. Like, to me, Margot Robbie is the bar at which I expect someone to carry themselves with their career because the indie she's done have been amazing. The blockbusters she's done have been amazing. Her debut, like, Wolf of Wall Street was, like, she kept up with someone who'd been acting for 30 years. Like, she wasn't as old as Leo's career. 
Uh, so that's insane to me. Like it's just it, she she really impressed me from the jump, and then everything she's done, both career wise and performance wise, has been really incredible. Um, so I, I'm excited because I, I think it'll shine a light on Tank Girl, and indie comics getting some love is always good. Um, on the other side, I would love if Amy would read the caption I gave our next news story. Uh, next. Uh, uh- I, I actually deliberately waited for you to explain this one to me because apparently, according to Koi, 50 Cent should stick to them bars. Now You're trying to get me pilloried on the internet is what you're Cent, trying to get. Yeah, now there's an audio recording of you saying now, now that's there's a gang war beginning. Uh, 50 Cent should stick to them bars. 50 Cent came out and said after directing his first thing, which was I believe a TV show, that he would do a Marvel movie if it wouldn't take up too much time. The gall. I, I Does am... he mean I probably can't because they take time, or does he mean if I can do it in an afternoon? It felt like the afternoon. Like okay. the, the, the the approach was um and it, it might have been sarcastic. I hope it'll be I hope it was sarcastic. He said, now that I'm a big director and all, stars can afford to pay me to do another episode of Power, he wrote on Instagram, depicting him as fifty Scorsese, going on to say, I uh, quote, I think I'll do the next Marvel movie, weird face, if it doesn't require too much of my time, LOL. Fitty, Fitty, what is this choice? I just come on, man. Respect. We respect the game. Like we respect your rap. We respect your choices. Please respect Marvel movies. Don't say if you've got the afternoon, you're gonna make one. If you got the time, I'm hoping he's joking because the fifty Scorsese face. But come on, man. Put some respect in that Marvel name. But it is a really funny post. The fifty Scorsese image is really strong. It's a pretty great image. Uh, I just didn't know if he was joking or not, and it had to come up because I heard 50 Cent was talking about Marvel, and uh, and here we are. Um, I believe he's, that, that's a just kidding unless you say yes kind of scenario. I uh, His album's before the game beef, very strong. Uh, the game is retiring after his next album. I'm a big fan of the game, and it's tricky because the game and the 50 Cent beef, it, it tore me apart. So I don't know how I feel about Mr. Curtis Jackson, 50 Cent. But that's another podcast and another conversation. <laughs> TV. <laughs> The Boys, season two, rounding out its cast with two other incredible actors. Have you gotten to watch any of The Boys yet? No, I have not. Okay. When you do, I think you'll really like it. Okay. I'm on, I, now that it's settled in, I'm team. I think Amy will enjoy it, especially because of the improvements it makes uh, with some of the more difficult subject matter and the way it handles a lot of difficult subject matter. Um, I think it handles Ennis really well, and that's really hard to do. So cool. I'm, I'm curious about your take. All right. Uh, they're already filming season two. Uh, they have cast Timeless alums Goron Viznik? Yeah, Goron's his first name, and you know this guy. Like, he's in lots of stuff, and he's great. I'm actually a fan of his. I've just never known how to say his last name. And Claudia Dumi, which I I do not know her. I have not watched Timeless, so I don't know a lot of their work. Uh, But anyone in the boys makes me happy because I really enjoyed that first season. And uh, when we had Derek Robertson on the show, and he was a delight. He was. Made me like the boys even more. When I meet creators that I've liked as a kid, and they're great, I love them. Like, it's so cool to meet your child. Like, the names you've read as a child. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. Mm Mm-hmm. It's uh, bizarre and great. Go to cons, people. Go to cons because sometimes you're walking around and Mitch Gerard is just sitting right there. And then Tom King walks up and you're like, ah. <laughs> uh, also, I was uh, I watched Jameson and Bob Strike Back uh, last night and Casada, I remembered, has a cameo. Like Joe Casada mm-hmm. pops up. And that was the first time for me as a kid that came out in 01. So I was 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the first time I equated the fact that the editorial staff are like fully formed humans. Like my brain just hadn't. Aww. It just hadn't gone like, oh, Joe Quesada's a person. It was Joe Quesada at the time, editor-in-chief of Marvel. So Joe Quesada appearing on screen, but I never caught that the pizzas all say Marvelous Pizza on them. <laughs> so, like, beautiful. Beautifully done. <laughs> Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, excellent work. Uh, also in the world of television, we got a new Batwoman trailer. 
We're getting closer, y'all. Early October, I think the series is going to bow. I, I am eagerly awaiting it. I like. We're getting close enough that I'm starting to second guess everything. I'm like, should we have started with our signature villain? Where will that lead them to go from here? And that's how you know that we're just like I'm in that moments fan away. cycle where I'm just like, we get you bring it, bring the show on already. In moments like weeks, wow, it's almost Jesus. It's my birthday on Sunday. It's almost like yeah. we're almost October. Yeah. I'm getting old, guys. Uh, we also <laughs> have – this was my – oh, that's adorable um, pull of the week. A dance troupe on America's Got Talent dressed as Avengers and were adorable. They yeah. had these amazing light-up costumes and mm-hmm. I love that comics are so mainstream that like everyone in that audience knew who Captain Marvel was. Like that's amazing. So A billion dollars. It's on – I mean, Right. A billion dollars of awareness Carol for Captain Marvel. Danvers. So cool. Uh, so it's on YouTube. Check it out. The clip's on YouTube. Uh, I don't watch a lot of America's Got Talent, but maybe I will if more people dress as Marvel characters. Shamelessly. Uh, Hawkeye has a writer and a good one. Uh, if you guys haven't watched Mad Men, it is a very interesting show. It deals with a lot of very tra- tricky subject matter. And it also weirdly doesn't do a lot many episodes but you can't look away it's one of those shows where it's like so slow burn that i don't know why i loved it but i do uh <laughs> it was a show that also made me drink a lot more whiskey and start ironing all my clothes um i had this weird thing where i was whenever i'd watch uh mad men i'd end up taking out an ironing board and, and like just ironing all my clothes and like drinking whiskey and it was this weird ritual i got into every sunday wow. you've been uh, super brainwashed oh, by that show like about drinking and dressing sharply it worked <laughs> Everyone looks a little better. Everybody watch suit. out for Koi when Hawkeye comes around. <laughs> like someone's just putting holes in walls. There's a uh, ton of arrows in the front door. Is that? Is oh no, normal? Koi's watching Hawkeye again. He's very impressionable. He's, he's Koi crimes are very much caused by like you know the media. I'm the problem. Uh, every time there's any sort of census in the news, like this causes danger. It's me. Uh, but I like Mad Men quite a bit. I drink less whiskey now that it's over. And uh, the Mad Men writer Jonathan Igla has been brought on to Hawkeye. Which and we means talked about close. this a bit this week on Heroes because, of course, Hawkeye is very much on our minds. Uh, but Kate we, Bishop. I know. And the perfect Kate Bishop. So good. Like. All of her press photos lately, I now see Kate Bishop, which is a great sign. Like, I love Haley Steinfeld. She's going to be great. We talked about it in this week's Heroes. Be sure to tune in. We dive in. All the squeaky sounds you expect. I am curious expect. because I, I've only seen a little bit of Mad Men and I haven't seen the later seasons. So mm-hmm. I'm very curious what this writer's uh, – and, and we've gotten into all this. But, like, what his uh, – what's drawing him to this project, what makes him, like – you know, want to take on kind of something in in an action adventure mode, in a superhero mode, mm-hmm. uh, and just like I want to hear the pitch. I mean, it's partly because I know like Amy Berg posted about not getting this, so it's like, okay, what did you bring to the table, Jonathan Eagle? Yeah. I'm very curious. So I, 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 he's season five on, I believe, uh, and like the show was was solid, but like, what is his draw to Hawkeye? I agree. Like, what is his story? I'm very excited to find ha- out. Hawkeye guys, like we're getting writers and directors on things, and it's yeah, all it's yeah, all real, yeah. real, real. Speaking uh, of real, we got a. Freaking poster. Uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier got an official poster that looks really cool and hot take. Short-haired Falcon and short-haired Winter Soldier. Uh, the internet's freaking out because uh, Mr. Sebastian Stan got himself a haircut. How dare he? And uh, hair news this week is that Winter Soldier looks just as spa fresh as he did in Wakanda <laughs> with his new fresh cut. Um, I loved all the spa memes around Winter Soldier. He looks, oh, he looks so relaxed. That yeah. poor guy. He got his prunes. He got a haircut. He's now ready to piece his life back together. So we officially have the streaming fall 2020 on that poster. Uh, we have some looks at the the 
like what's interesting is the the Falcon of the Winter Soldier. I like the way in the logo and the poster here. They have put the shield imagery in the background, I guess, is to symbolic represent that's what's sitting behind them. Yeah. The idea of Cap. Uh, that, you know, one of these guys, as far as we know, should be him. Uh, so that should be very interesting. But, uh, yeah, I, I am excited for this. Guy's allowed to cut his hair, you know. Uh, but Amy I want to know sees where the we poster. She sees nuance and, and shields. I see the poster. I see Sebastian Stan got a haircut. This is how you <laughs> interpret art. You get different flavors. Um, to we're, now, by the way, uh, audience, was this a D twenty three specific poster or is it just? It, it was debuted at D twenty three. I think okay, now okay. it's available. Like I, right. I don't think they released an official like high quality take. Well done, Ryan Minerding, whose name is on this. I like that they put artist names. On oh, things. that's cool. Uh, I, I have been running through this stuff very quickly because this was the week we promised you guys a House of X, Powers of Ten deep dive. So the yeah. reason it might sound like we're powering through is because we're powering through. We are. Comics, Scholastic, and Marvel have a young reader program. If we were not powering through this episode, I could spend an hour on this because I – God, I loved Scholastic book fairs and it Aww. makes me so happy that we're doing comics in them. Like Scholastic book fairs were the best day of the year. You'd save up all the money you had. You'd find out like the new cool book. Then you'd – you and your friends have a little book club. You get to talk about what the thing you bought. You get to get like – you get a new Trapper Keeper. You always got the cool Anne Frank stuff and the dinosaur stuff. You got cool new You rulers. mean Lisa Frank? Anne Frank was doing different work. Uh, Lisa Frank was doing amazing art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just – Disambiguation. Oh my god! It, I just I have so many interesting and appropriate jokes. Uh, Lisa Frank. Well, okay. Was doing some great art, and I was just going to say it's probably on your mind because in school is when many of us encountered Anne Frank's story for the first Very time. True. We're going to leave it there. We're going to leave it right there. Lisa Frank and dinosaurs and book clubs. But I love that it was about a cool event that was all about learning. Like it was literally only for that. There was yeah. no like side mission. You just went and like spent money on books and were excited. Yeah. Like Scholastic Day was dope. Now comics are going to be there. Marvel has a deal with Scholastic. They're going to roll out comics. And that means I kids think, will be Or reading. maybe original novels. Uh, yes. I think uh, something I read was they were trying to do original comics and original novels. But I can't, couldn't find Excellent. that link again. But that means that people are going to be discovering these characters even earlier and even more consistently. And in a school setting. Uh, I just love that. We're to the point where we're not judging comics as harshly. Like, this is really cool to me. Yeah. Scholastic, uh, for me, it was book orders, the monthly little um. very flimsy newsprinty things that we would get that, like, I would try to figure out how, like, you know, what I could talk my parents into helping me buy. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they were they were life. They were life as a kid. And I love that this stuff is out there. They've already done a number of very interesting YA novels. I know that's why uh, I think Jason Reynolds has his name as a – a call out in one of the phones in Into the Spider-Verse yeah. because he wrote a Miles young adult book. It's incredible. So Marvel and DC have both been dabbling in in expanding the different stories that are out there and the audiences that those stories can reach. And I think that is just fabulous. And I love that this new line, the new two middle grade novels they've announced so far are Shuri, a Black Panther novel written by Nick Stone and Avengers Assemble. It might say Avengers Assembly. I don't know if that's a typo or the real thing, but written by Preeti Chiba. Uh, uh, she, I believe, wrote a Spider-Man-based like vacation guide thing because I think I follow her on Twitter and she's very funny. Um, if it's Avengers Assembly and it's about an assembly, I'll be very happy because that, that would tie into school. Actually, yes. Okay, it's probably not a typo. Uh, <laughs> yes, both are slated for a 2020 release. I love that they are doing this and I hope there's more where this came from, which there obviously will be. Very excited. Now, on the other side of widespread comic goodness... Comics introduce people to a lot of important things. And some of those things are perfectly normal parts of human life that then get... uh, Oh, man. This was... Okay. 
real bummer news story last week with a, a cool accidental silver lining. The bummer is that uh, I believe the mayor of Rio de Janeiro in Brazil oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, is the one who attempted to have books seized at a giant book fair that was happening mm-hmm. in their city, a, a book festival, a giant cool celebration of literature, uh, attempted to have a bunch of copies of Avengers the Children's Crusade, one of my all-time favorite mm. comics, so this feels very personal, uh, attempted to have them seized for depicting a totally sweet, honestly fairly chaste gay kiss between Billy and Teddy, two of the young Avengers. Now, weird silver lining is that in reporting about this story, the image that Jim Chung drew of Billy and Teddy making out has been plastered all over the internet, and I'm so proud because you know Billy and Teddy are my faves. The Young Avengers are some of my favorite characters of all time, and I've literally spent the entire time since that book came out in, like, 2010 trying to get people to read it. So I guess thanks for the help, jerk mayor from Brazil. That mayor got more (laughs) marketing for Young Avengers than any of us could in the comic book space by it being on, like, CNN and, like, Yes. Now, a fun, uh, interesting uh, development in that is that by the time he ordered the, the like those books to be seized and was going to claim they needed to be covered up because they were obscene material, uh, by the time they went to go get them, they had all sold out already. Uh, and a Brazilian YouTuber uh, apparently responded to this news by donating something like 14,000 LGBT-friendly books to the book festival. So cool. Just to be like, what are you doing, guys? And it's currently wending its way through the courts. There have been a couple of... Like an order to stop the order and then a counter order to let it go ahead. And I don't know where all of this is going to land. And I'm really sorry to the people of Brazil who just want to get your comics. Uh, Jim Chung posted a really beautiful statement on this along with a new Billy and Teddy uh, picture on his Instagram. Of course, Jim Chung is the original artist and co-creator of The Young Avengers with Alan Heinberg, whose Mm -hmm. name you all know from Wonder Woman uh, and from lots of other things. But uh, yeah. Who knew that that book would be newsworthy now in 2019, but like Billy and Teddy out there fighting the good fight. Uh, if you are listening to this from Brazil, thank you for listening. Uh, I'm sorry that this is happening, uh, and I hope you get to read The Children's Crusade. Yeah. It's a great I, book. I see this as a, as a awareness um, positive. Uh, like, so I, I was happy to see how, how it went every direction except the way that mayor wanted. So I think that it is a, a conversation we thought was over but is continuing to happen. And I hope that it goes the right direction in Brazil for the people getting to read it in Brazil. Uh, but also, like, this is really cool that it's it's so widespread. Like, people going, like, what's wrong with you? Um because that's what I think. And honestly, you know, uh, we had our own story in America of Harry Potter getting banned at a kid's school like Because last it was like week. summoning dark arts. I was uh, like, good so God. We're all, we're all pushing forward into the future together. We're y'all. all just chipping away at the what are you thinking of the societal <laughs> choices they've made. Now, we have, we, have, we have hurried. We have rushed. We will get to Twitter questions today. But before we do that, we got some hawks pox. The long-promised deep dive on House of X, Powers of X, slash Powers of Ten, the companion series that are currently running from writer Jonathan Hickman with artists Arby Silver and uh, Gracia, right? Uh, Laraz and Gracia. Hold on, checking. Pepper Laraz and Marta Gracia are, are the artists on House and Arby Silva. Nope, I grabbed two issues of House. Doesn't help me check. Doesn't help me check at all. Uh, fact check, fact check. Where are the credits in this one? <laughs> Why are they so far in? R.B. Silva, uh, along with Adriano Di Benedito and Marta Gracia as the colorist again on Powers. All right. 
So we are just over halfway into the 12-week adventure that is Jonathan Hickman's uh, redefining and new beginning for the mutants of Marvel. Which means of the two six-part series that are running alongside each other, we've gotten three of one and four of the other. Mm -hmm. So... Spoiler warning. As deep as we can give it. We're going through to date. So if you haven't read well, even this week's... Technically, we're going through to last week's. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, because by the true. time you're hearing this, uh, another issue of, I believe, Powers is out. And we have not read that one yet. So we are only up to last week's House number four. Uh, we're up to House of X number four in the reading order. So this is me, my extended time to turn away if you don't want spoilers for the X-Men books going on at Marvel. Because everybody's dead. Oh, my God, Cody, what's <laughs> happening? That last, I thought I had a grasp on like, oh, this is the pace. Oh, my God. Uh, all those crackles were intentional, Sorry. audience. I got hyphy. They were not. Um, I cannot believe, well, one, now I definitely think Reed Richards. It's not Xavier. Okay, I've been saying it Tell me what this is. What, what, what are you okay. talking about? He at no point of showed psychic powers. He's you are talking about the person that we see uh, in a claiming. leadership role in the current current year, I use air quotes, that you can't see, that seems from the narrative and from other people's interactions to be Professor Xavier, who wears some sort of modified cerebral helmet-looking thing on his head with an X. And you're saying that is actually the ultimate comics character that he resembles. Yes. Because Why? he's not done any psychic things. He's also, like, been leading them to their death. He has only done things that would be, like, Xavier's that guy that walks the line between good and evil, but every choice he makes is, like, it feels nefarious. He's got, like, a weird, like, mustache twirl about his nature. Because you can't see his eyes. I mean, that doesn't help Unlike him. Unlike Cyclops, uh, that seems like a bigger deal. <laughs> but, like, uh, so there's... Oh, gee, I keep popping this. I'm so which, sorry, audience. Which read do you think he is? The master. Or what, what's his... What's the, the thinker? The, the, what's his face? The maker? Yeah, the maker. There it is. I think he's the maker. I just – there's something about him. I feel like the maker is really popular in comics right now and that's a thing that, that sometimes doesn't lend to being event stuff but does other times. And Hickman has deep, deep, deep ultimate universe knowledge and loves to bring in the deep cuts. And he also loves to surprise people with something that was right in front of your face like having a character wear a freaking maker helmet and call it Cerebro. Like to me, it's the maker. Now, he's and not planting a lot of clues. Like he had the FF in the beginning of House of X but we haven't seen them again. And the pods feel like the maker. Like the pods in issue one – do you know what I mean? Which pods? The ones that everybody seems to be being born, born out of yeah, at the like beginning? The, the clone... Which makes me wonder, like, who are these people? The gene that we're looking at in this book, was she grown out of a Krakoa pod? Is there a real gene out there somewhere? What's, what was that supposed to mean? Because we saw it in the first House of X, and they have not really explained why it looked like he was <laughs> bringing Cyclops and Jean Grey into the world as naked babies out of— To me, these are all cl naked adult babies. clones, but like something like genetically modified, like, like a grown person. Like he put a real gene in or he made a new gene? I think he made a new gene because all the – I think all the X-Men are already dead. OK. So here's the thing. Now that I say this out loud, making a new gene is in fact the established MO of a Marvel bad guy who's already been alluded to and who we know is coming up because the text uh, in the last House of X, I believe, for the next time text. Sinister? It's sinister. Oh. But is this sinister? Because according to the timeline we have, he comes into the matters later. But honestly, making a clone of Jean Grey is basically sinister's the whole thing. thing. <laughs> or the Summers brothers, which is the other pod baby in issue one. He's obsessed with the Summers. He's obsessed with the Greys. So who 
we we just saw so House of X and Powers of X are are jumping back and forth between different time scales, and the big twists that we've gotten so far include the fact that we were following a certain set of characters in Powers of X or Powers of Ten who were a hundred years in the future. They've been the sort of narrative through line of that book for its first couple issues, and we learned at the end of the last issue of that book that uh, boy we. I really hope y'all have read this book because we're spoiling the heck out oh, of it for we had, you. We, we, we had but a like, two-minute disclaimer. Um, okay, so we 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 kind of skipped the major revelation, which was House of X two. Marvel McTaggart yeah. is a reincarnating mutant, mm-hmm. uh, and who has gone through a million variations of the Marvel universe in an attempt to try to prevent mutants from being wiped out. Which is so cool. Which like, is honestly a, we haven't been cool. able to talk about it in the main show. Yeah, that's a really cool storytelling element, and like. I'm so happy to have Mora be as important to the storyline as I feel like she is in the comics, and I feel like Mora doesn't get enough love. She's a fascinating. She deals with Charles and his worst. Like she's such a strong character. I really she's love that she's important here. Been one of my faves for a very long time, which is making this super interesting. And uh, that issue left us a lot of huge mysteries. For instance, she has a missing sixth life, which has not been described in the narration or shown in the charts. We don't know what happened in her sixth life. Uh, it's just missing. Uh, and we- I missed that. Really? You're blowing my mind. Wait, hold on. I got I my believe, house too right here. I just, I like Amy just said a thing that's complete. I'm like replaying nine comics in my head right now, or it's seven. In between, it's right before her really hardcore <gasps> Trask life. It's Guys, right on the chart. There's a. Can I? Can I? Amy just slid a comic book over at me since there's no video. You got to hear this and said it's right in the chart, and <laughs> that was literal. It wasn't a metaphor. I love that Hickman's like it's here. It's right here. It's in the papers. It's in the chart. <laughs> Oh, my God. And it is. I mean, it took me, like, I, you know, I didn't get it as soon as I read that chart. It took me a sec to, like, go back through and be like, wait a Six minute. Six is just clear as day missing, and I just totally missed it because I read it like a comic, not like a Hickman comic. <laughs> I'm a fool. Uh, uh, that is so fascinating. The sixth life of Moira McTaggart uh, or Moira X is, is a big question mark. But we also found out in the, like, the big mid-story turning point moment for Powers was that we found out these characters we've been following – are from her ninth life uh, because she acquires we, – we realize we get to put together what was revealed about her ninth life where she makes the, the real interesting choice to just be like, well, I've tried everything else. I'm partnering with Apocalypse. Yep, which here kids, I go, full villain. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do that. I mean if you've lived eight lives and then it's a choice, that's one thing. But don't do it in your <laughs> regular life. Um, so we we real we eventually discover during Powers that that is what we have been reading, uh, and we see how that concludes and how it rolls back into what we presume is the tenth life in House of X, uh, and we already the other dangling mystery we have from House of X two is the you I destiny telling her I see ten lives maybe eleven if you make the right choice at the end. So we all assume probably that this ends. With that, right? Right. It with going into the 11th or getting, life. Or not. Like it, this decision affecting that, which also powers of 10 could be about her life. So, yeah. It's, uh, or powers of X. They've been telling us it's powers of 10 because of the time thing. But maybe it's going to turn out to be powers of X as in powers of Moira X. And it's going to end with that revelation. And they're going to be like, haha, got you again. Yeah, we, we twist on that twist. Double twist. <laughs> Shyamalan twist okay, on that what twist. what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Uh, I have not felt dumber in a long time, uh, Hickman books make me go like, I didn't see the sixth life, but I'm enjoying that. Like, that's a positive. 
I really enjoy like books to make me like work for it. I like that. Like I like to be challenged. Uh, I don't think everything should be easy, and it's cool to have a comic that makes me go bang. Um, it's also the first run I've had to read twice, not for enjoyment, but for sheer density. I'll completely own. Um, like I read Mr. Miracle and then I picked it up and read it again, but that's because I was like, yay, angst can be fun. Yeah. This I'm reading again like, okay, what have I missed? I clearly don't know what's going on. And I think that's part of the beauty of the book is it's so dense. You don't know what's going on, but I can't wait to read all of it. Like I want to read all 12 because In, I'm having a really yeah. hard time week to week And to be what's honest. interesting is that like the, the emotional three lines they're giving us, uh, they don't spend a lot of time – there's a lot of big idea stuff in these books, but the sort of personal and interpersonal moments are just sort of sprinkled in. We get a bit of it with the future mutants and powers of X. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to – like they, they have relationships with each other. But you – A, you have to bring a lot of your prior knowledge to infer a lot about like Gene and Cyclops. They of aren't the getting big romantic yeah. scenes. Oddly enough, the one Hickman is spending time on is the relationship of the human scientists making the giant space nonsense. Yep. Um, they are getting sort of a detailed drawn out like – you get a little bit of her career history. Uh, it's Doctors Gregor and Mendel, which is, of course, the name of the famous uh, geneticist Gregor Mendel. Uh, nicely done there. Uh, but but their their relationship is has been the most well humanly drawn of the thing so far, and I found that a really interesting approach to take. Maybe to try to make them people. more memorable. Well, are they the I humans? Th- no, making no, the I'm, thing? Saying, I'm saying because everyone we oh, love, Gene and Cyclops. yeah, because all of our characters are meant to be. I think we're meant to disassociate from the mutants. As intentionally, because this is the least I've liked a lot of my favorite characters because they just feel so removed. I don't feel like we've met any of the X-Men we know and love yet. I don't think a single X-Men in this book is who we think it is or like is, is our X-Men. I am very, very interested to see where that goes because we've met a couple versions of Magneto. We've met a couple versions of Xavier through Mora's eyes. Uh, we don't know whether this person we all assume is Xavier is Xavier. Uh, the future mutants are getting drawn. But, like, he is, I think, intentionally leaning on the power of the artist to convey some of that stuff. Like, in the first one, when the person who is probably Xavier but might not be tells Jean, <laughs> you're safe here, uh, the artist has drawn tears in her eyes mm-hmm. just to sort of connote her life history in one image for us. And a lot of that stuff is working for me. Sure. But, uh, I yeah, I have a lot of questions. Can I say it still doesn't feel like an X-Men book? Okay. Um, I'm enjoying it, but I'm enjoying it in the sense of this is a Jonathan Hickman X-Men book. And I, I like I don't know what I consider an X-Men book that isn't the traditional Claremont Byrne, Joss, uh, astonishing, like – those things, like those characters feel like X-Men and I don't know if it's intentionally keeping me from these characters feeling like X-Men or if it's just not my thing, but I'm definitely like, I've seen a bunch of articles saying like the best way to bring the Disney MCU X-Men is this and I'm like, no, we don't know these people. <laughs> like it's just, this is way too, and like, that could just be my interpretation of What's it. What's funny but. is I, I was very much with you. I, I was kind of skeptical at the start of being like, you know, usually the way into an X-Men book that I like is to pick a teen who's going through some stuff they don't understand and widen out to the to these larger issues in mm-hmm. the world and make it very personal and human and have a team that you connect with and follow from thing to thing and like I have found I'm able to put that down more at this, the midway point, where I'm like, yeah. okay, you've gotten me in, hooked in on the things you are doing. Right. Like, okay, uh, you've gotten me interested in the mysteries you're setting up and the time stuff and how events play into other events. Like, you've gotten me on board with this project. Uh, but, like, initially I was feeling very much like you're feeling about yeah. being like, you know, I like an X book that says here's the team, here's what they're up against, here's what we're doing. And um, I don't like, I don't like it, to I, make that too linear, but I do yeah. like to identify. Like, it's, it's a, the identification. Like, the X-Men are in a world that hates and And there's still some Jewish weird women. stuff that sticks out at me. Like, I think I've referenced before Magneto saying to people, your religions, when, as 
I, you know, Magneto is Jewish. Right. Uh, so I'm curious what that's about. I feel like they're all pod people. <laughs> but I'm the tinfoil hat guy. I'm, I'm owning it. I just think that Xavier is Reed and I think all the mutants are pod people and the humans are the only people that are who they think they are. Where is Moira in the current timeline? I think she is in her 10th life and I think that she is uh, – oh, in the current timeline. Maybe she's dead. What? In the – Okay. So we're post-10th life in the main House of X story? She's not in it. Which means all those X-Men who just died are not coming back. Yeah. Well, dang. <laughs> I was like, did I phrase this wrong? No, I think I think that's it. Jonathan Eggman doesn't write light books. I feel like those, I think that those deaths are the end of those pod X-Men. I am also curious because well, what you mentioned, he's planting a couple of Fantastic Four seeds because we did meet them right off in the first book. And they have emphasized that in main timeline House of X, as far as we know... Uh, there is a big outstanding question mark that they're trying to get all the mutants under one roof and Franklin Richards is out there as one of their missing Omegas. And they've hinted that their current timeline goals are to lock down all the Omegas. And, you know, what do you discern as a mutant? If they're the children of people with gamma radiation and their genes are mutated, are the kids of Sue and Reed mutants? I believe Franklin is and Valeria isn't, but I haven't updated my check on that in a while. Because that and Hickman, be a thing. of course, wrote those two very memorably in his Fantastic Four run, which is my other favorite thing he's ever done. So to me, tying in X-Men and Fantastic Four is not only convenient because of the current merger, but also he, these are characters he knows. I'm Secret Wars was really just him doing an FF book. If it turns out his X-Men is also him doing more Fantastic Four, it's going to be so funny. <laughs> I mean, I, these are all crazy theories, but I, I... Okay, so now that we've done this full half purge, I say week to week we talk about that week's. Uh, we, yes. Well, let's tell us what you all think. Um, we could let a couple more build up before we do it, or we could sure. do mini check-ins week to week as we go because it has been a lot of fun. And thank you to the person who tweeted us after the last time when I was like, I'm worried these won't make a good starter because there's so much they're throwing at you. At least one person tweeted at us to say they loved that because they were like, this means everyone is confused. It's not just me. We're all equally in the dark, and so therefore it's working. And I don't know if yours is the typical experience, sir, but, but I'm so you. glad you shared it. <laughs> because it honestly made me, I was like, yeah, I guess there's a point there. If you're like, look, it's time travel mysteries, I will promise to tell you everything you need to know, that's a promise that you might be able to keep. Yeah, versus all the continuity that I've bouncing around my head, and I'm still as confused as you are. I would consider <laughs> myself a comic book expert, and I have read these books twice and go, huh? And then Amy has to Luckily, show me stuff on the really graph. they're really beautiful. They're Gorgeous. They're so beautiful. The artists are killing it on this book, and it's going to lead into six ongoings. So uh, This fall <laughs> is going to be so expensive. Uh, all right. Now, let's get into Twitter questions. Uh, we will keep us posted on how you want us to deliver your House of X, Powers of Ten, Powers of X content. Uh, but for now, we got some Twitter, and we only got a couple minutes, so I'm going to go through content quick. content with an X for the ten. Uh, It'll look silly. It'll look silly. Uh, Twitter questions. We, I, this microphone is not usually like this with me. I, everyone whose ears have made bleed today. made it angry. I've just, rah, rah. Uh, This name is so cool, and I don't know how to pronounce it, but Ma-at is a badass name. (laughs) M-A-apostrophe-A-T, at Lazarus. It's a mythological figure, right? Oh, is, yeah. Okay, awesome name. Good choices. Uh, Collider Heroes, what do you think Sony will do to get out of the MCU shadow for Spidey? How will they follow where the last film ended but ignore the MCU? Could they take him right out of the MCU into Spider-Verse? If a deal is made later, he can come back like he never left. Uh, the last sentence is true. I mean, if a deal happens between now and filming, that could be a thing. Um, as far as the MCU shadow, 
I feel like Sony's just going to make a Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like they need to make the best movie they can. I, I think they need to focus on the fact that they have tons of villains they couldn't have used in the MCU necessarily before. I don't know if that means Venom or not, but I know that it means it's an option. And I think they should really focus on making a really good Spider-Man movie because I would love if the next Sony Spider-Man movie is incredible so people can just appreciate Spider-Man for Spider-Man. And so Captain Marvel and She-Hulk and Moon Knight and all these amazing characters Marvel just announced get their own time to shine because it was so hard to be like hearing all these amazing announcements and everybody be like, but Spider-Man. I'm like, but Moon Knight, She-Hulk, and Ms. Marvel. <laughs> like, we live in a glorious time of abundance. I don't have a problem with these things being separate, but time will tell. That is my take. So in terms of the specific story questions, I'm not sure what they're going to do with the ending of that last film. It's possible for them to carry a lot of the stuff forward. Like, you probably can get away with not mentioning the blip anymore. It mm-hmm. might not make a lot of sense, but just rolling forward with it, uh, you can probably just carry on there and and stop mentioning it because you kept all your main characters alive. Mm-hmm. Like, um, or rather, you got them all back, or and or kept them alive. Anyway, uh, they're all they're all in place uh, to move forward. Now, I had mixed feelings about the uh, identity reveal at the end of Far From Home, and I continue to wonder how they're going to play that. But like, I already wondered what that was going to mean for the future. Um, I will personally not be mad if they immediately retcon it. It would honestly be a big break in the trust of their viewers if they make that not matter and not follow up on that. But I don't know if I want to watch an entire movie of him being public or I don't want I don't know if I want him to be public forever and I don't want to watch him make some you know, deal with a devil to put the mask back on. Not one of my favorite stories. What I think is funny is my big thing was I was very bothered by that moment. You remember I was telling you how, like, it doesn't feel like Spider-Man. It feels like the MCU Spider-Man because they can't do the Daily Bugle. They can't have him go back to high school. But my positive was, hey, everyone in the MCU doesn't have a mask. Now he's not in the MCU. Like, so it's just, it's like losing twice because we don't get the freedom <laughs> that the MCU allowed for it. But now Sony can't have him with the mask. Like, it's just like, no. So I'm very torn. Uh, but I, they could technically just have Spider-Man 3 take place right from that moment because they own Jonah. They own, like, Mysterio. Like, those yeah. are their characters. So it could go from there. It's just really weird because they could have had Sony Spider-Man have a mask. Like, it could have worked. Yeah. Uh, so... I don't know, uh, but time will tell, and uh, I am of two minds about all of this stuff. Uh, Luke Hancock at Hawks61. Uh, do you guys have any cyberpunk-themed comics or graphic novels to recommend? I had one, uh, Space Bandits, I think is in the book. It's on, it's uh, brand on, new Mark Miller book. Yeah, it's on issue three. Uh, I am loving that book. It is really funny. The characters are instantly likable. The art is great. It is it is very accessible. Uh, that's my, my newest recommendation. So uh, a lot of this depends on your definition of cyberpunk. There's obviously cyberpunk elements in a lot of the, like, big two storytelling that involves robots. Uh, but there's also, you know, famous things. Like, I don't know if you would count Transmetropolitan as cyberpunk. It's certainly, like, future punk. Yeah. Uh, it's dystopia punk. Uh, <laughs> and it involves use of technology. Um, you also get a lot of interesting cyberpunk flavor out of Britain in the 80s. Uh, mm. 2000 AD. Uh Ballad of Halo Jones from Alan Moore uh, has some some edgings of that stuff. I'm curious because I, I this is kind of off the cuff. I missed this one in the rundown. Um, I will try to brainstorm for next time. I have a lot of friends who are huge, huge fans of the cyberpunk thing. Oh, and obviously manga. Manga has done a lot of the work in this department. Uh, As far as questions for next week, we're going to move a bunch of these because I just realized we are out of time. But we're going to cover Lord Oth's Bad Wolf Bay, McFlab Jab. It is David's questions next week because they are fantastic questions. But until next week, stay sweaty. Stay sweaty. 
People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpastes created to help improve your oral health. For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, Pronamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel. Trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.